0: Welcome back into Mining Stock Daily. We got a corporate update here, uh, one that was highly anticipated, at least from my part, and I think a lot of people uh, were looking forward to getting the latest mineral resource estimate for Integra's Delamar and Florida Mountain Deposits. They've been actively drilling those stockpiles there on the project uh, over the better part of the last year, and we finally got uh, that resource estimate in from that drilling. Happy to welcome in CEO Jason Kosick. Jason, welcome to the pod.
1: Thanks for having me on, buddy.
0: Uh, how was your week? How was, uh, how was the resource estimate? It gives, a, gives the rundown here, half a million ounces added.
1: Yeah, no, I think it was very very, uh, very well received and uh, much better than, than we originally anticipated and I think better than, than, than the market was expecting. So, you know, we added uh, about 550,000 ounces of leachable material. That represents a 25% growth in, in the M and I category and a 30% growth in the inferred category. Uh, now you know we're sitting at 90% of the resource uh, within the M and I category, and Delamar is is really pushing uh, just over five million ounces uh, M and I and and I of, of gold equivalent. So as a uh, very uh, successful feat for, for the team, even though it was quite um, daunting getting the drilling program done during the wintertime. But the, the team did a great job to, to deliver something that was uh, very well received. Uh,
0: so for 504,000 ounces gold equivalent, um, that was an indicated, measured and indicated. Uh, the inferred was 46,000 ounces Gold equivalent. I've actually surprised, uh, you know, getting that upgrade to measured and indicated. I think that was something that at least surprised me. I mean, people you talked to were people surprised to see that much in the M and I category and not the inferred.
1: Yeah, no, totally. And, and you know, it goes back to when we were doing the merger. We 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 were, we were looking at the kind of grade continuity in in these stockpiles, and I was actually blown away by by the continuity. It was it was quite shocking because I've, I've tried to do this before and. In my career, and you, you can't get the grade continuity. And here you can actually model the, where each individual dump. So we're able to kind of wireframe each domain, uh, which adds to the robustness of, of the resource.
0: Uh, how does this stand up with the, the, the overall grade of the, of the M&I resource, 0. 0.37 grams per tonne? Um, you know, how does that kind of stand up with your cutoff grade and what you have in your technical reports right now?
1: Yeah, so there's obviously different cutoffs for the in situ. In situ cutoff is 0.17, where the stockpiles is 0.1. Uh, people got to remember that this is blasted material that is sitting at surface, so you know, pretty much no strip, um, and most of it actually had to be moved. Uh, and was factored into the PFS as a pre-production capex as as, as a pre-trip so you know another man's uh, waste is another man's fortunes as as the saying goes so we're lucky that Kinross, Ross you know their cutoff was 0.85 because they were using the mill back in uh, in the early 90s late 80s so anything that didn't meet that uh, 0.85 cutoff it was stockpiled on surface so you know it, as you know I, I'm, I'm a very um, proud component that's it's not grade isn't king and margin is king. So these are high quality ounces that, you know, when the team does all their optimization work can can really improve the the economics and potentially increase in, in, increase the mine life.
0: How does this fit into the economics? How do you kind of add this into, um, you know, the PFS you already have? And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, kind of uh, some strategy changes a couple of years ago after about a year and a half ago, I guess it was, you know, so how does this kind of fit into the technicals and the economics of Delamar and Florida mountain?
1: Yeah. So, uh, right now the team is doing that optimization work. Okay. And, and okay. this updated resource will feed into the feasibility. So, um, there's 42 and a half million tons that will feed into the feasibility. The PFS, the heap leach component of the PFS was 81 million tons. So, you know, a pretty uh, significant uh, increase. Um, we need to do that work to understand how it fits in. But I would imagine some of the material, uh, especially at Florida and the backfills and in the stockpiles will go on first, then Florida will come on and then some of the material that get blended and the lower grade stuff will come on the end. Uh, but that work is ongoing, uh, and the team is is going to do a great job on optimizing and, and really focusing on, you know, that capex to NPV ratio and maximizing that value.
0: So what's next with Florida Mountain? And, and Delamar, I guess the I guess just wrap it up all in Delamar. I mean, so, what do you do next? Is there more stockpile to drill? Is there other exploration targets to go after? Or how does the strategy?
1: Yeah, work so out? at Delamar, we're we're submitting the all the baseline work is is complete. So we're submitting the mine plan of operations, which really kicks off your NEPA permitting process. And, you know, like I said, most people don't do that work. And we've have over eight quarters of baseline work. The team's done an amazing job putting that together and getting the mine plan ready. And that kicks off your NEPA process. So from an exploration perspective, you know, you really got to go pens down um, so you don't change the footprint and and, and stuff like that uh, during that process. Um, And that's another reason why we did the merger is because now we can have exciting news flow coming from from Nevada Um, So it's not just a a permitting story. Some of the work that will be ongoing is obviously some more engineering, some more network that will be released to the markets that will feed into the feasibility, obviously.
0: Okay. So uh, like you said, a lot of uh, technical work. Uh, you know, <laughs> engineering work, paperwork—the stuff that doesn't necessarily uh, in that curve that was on curve doesn't make some, necessarily make flashy headlines. But that is why you merged with what was your company, Millennial Precious Metals, at the time. So let's trans. Let, let's move over to Nevada, Jason. You know, the, the the whole strategy here was while Delamar was doing this this permitting work, you do actively start doing some more of the high flying exploration. Uh, in Nevada. So, what is the game plan for Nevada this winter?
1: Yeah, so w- we won't drill in the winter time. Okay, it, it just adds a, adds costs for snow removal and all that sort of stuff. Can we do it? Okay. Yes, but it's just adding costs. So, most likely, we'll start at the end of Q1, beginning of Q2, depending on how, how the snow works. Snow comes, um, and like I said, we put out that robust PEA that uh, you know shows three hundred and ten million dollars of nav. Of that 1.47 million ounces, 80% is indicated. So very robust PEA. Mostly, most of the time, it's 20% is indicated in a PEA, and really showed that PEA is the base case scenario. So as we step out and, and drill these exciting exploration holes, because as you know, Trevor, they've only been drilled on a five-acre permit. So yeah. you know, there's a lot of growth uh, and exciting news flow to come come out of uh, of Nevada. Uh, and continue to drive that narrative that we're going to be, you know, the next intermediate producer focused on the Great Basin and keep bleachable high margin ounces.
0: Uh, so, you, I mean, back this summer, you did share those PEA uh, information for Wildcat and Mountain View there in Nevada. But I think as far as operations, correct me if I'm wrong, but the last we heard is you, were, you had submitted the plan of operations. What is the What's the update with being able to get on the ground and and drilling and expand that footprint that that's workable for? You? Yeah,
1: so we submitted the exploration plan of operations in December. Um, we're expecting to get it in Q1 or Q2 of next year. That being said, we still have. We actually just got back about 2.9 acres of disturbance because of, of reclaimed disturbance. So we can go in there at any time and start start that
0: that that work. Okay. Very good. Um, All right. uh, Jason, I guess my last question is you've had full day of phone calls and webinars and presenting this. I mean, what is, I mean, we don't need to talk about the mood of the market. I think everybody has that, but what has been the conversation with, you know, the major shareholders and people that you've had that, you know, since this resource update, what's been the mood about, you know, the technicals of Delamar and what's the feedback you've gotten?
1: No, I think people really see the merits of what we did, you know, um, for these types of systems, for for an indicated resource, typically it's going to cost you for a million ounces. It's going to cost you around twenty million dollars in the, in this type of system. You know, orogenic systems are thirty five to forty, uh, at least. This was delivered half a million or five hundred fifty thousand ounces for four point six million. So very accretive to our shareholders, and it goes just goes to the narrative that we're building is that. When we say we're gonna do something, we're gonna do it. And we're gonna beat market expectations. And that's exactly what we did with the the PEA. That's exactly what we did with the resource. We'll deliver the mine plan and that'll flow into the feasibility and the exploration work that we'll be doing this year. So just building that narrative that when we say we're gonna do something, we're gonna deliver it. Um, And you know, now we're 7.1 million ounces in the Great Basin making us the largest. Four and a half million ounces are leachable. Um, and something that can produce, you know, on a combined basis over 200,000 200, ounces for an ASIC under, under 1,000. So, you know, there's not many of these projects out there. So I think people were very pleased uh, with, with what we're doing. And, and we, as we say, we just keep on delivering. And, and, you know, we can't control the market, but we can control um, the narrative and, and what we deliver.
0: I mean, you've had a number of these conversations, especially over Beaver Creek. In fact, we were waiting to have this conversation for this. That's why you and I didn't connect at the Precious Metals Summit. Uh, but with the conversations you've had over a couple of weeks, Jason, just you know, high-level discussion. You know, why is it that the market has refused to reward you know net asset value for basically any project in development stage right now? Yeah, I, I, I think
1: people are cognizant of, of permitting timelines and the amount of capital to, to, to get them online, right? And, and they understand the dilution and then they calculate the NAV backwards, right? And, and discount it back. Um, but, you know, what we're really lucky to have is these, these projects are very, um, are very low uh, capital intensity. You know, we have a slide in our deck that you know there's 2,800 projects globally. And then you start removing ones that aren't in North America, and removing ones that don't have a valid economic study, and remove ones that don't have over 300 million dollars in, in initial capex, and some that you know can't produce over 80,000 ounces. And you're only left with four projects, and of that, we have two. Okay, so I think you know why people don't. It's a long-winded answer, but. You know why people don't give you full value for Nav. Obviously, the, the gold tape isn't that great, but a lot of projects, you're a hundred million dollar company like us, and you got six hundred to a billion dollars of of capex sitting on your head, and and that's just not achievable for for junior companies. What makes us different is as we've focused on low capital intensity projects, like heap leach projects. You know the initial capex in Nevada is 115 million. Uh, delamar PFS currently is at two seventy three We think we can we can tighten that number up um, by phasing phasing the capital expenditure so you know I think that's one of the reasons why uh, people don't uh, really value nav as as, as much anymore but is because of the high capEx of of most of these projects
0: any likelihood of finding a uh, financier to build build delamar while you're going through this permitting phase? Is that something kind of in the back of your mind?
1: Of, of course, it's, it's. we always, manager teams get to get paid to think about, about things that are three years, two years, five years down the road. And that's one of the reasons why we brought in Wheaton Precious Metals and, and, and BD Capital early on. Not only is it project validation, but it offsets uh, project financing risk because the people that we're going to do the project financing with are already inside the tent already and comfortable with the assets.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. All right, Jason. Good to connect with you. I'm glad uh, Glad we waited for this. I, well, I'm not glad. I did miss it. I missed talking to you, at Beaver Creek, but uh, I did see you around. Uh, that's your update for Integra Resources, everybody. Again, trading on the Venture Exchange with ITR. And also on the NYSE American with ITRG. Uh, They've been a long sponsor of the podcast and I have been a long shareholder of the company. Uh, I'm going back to the Global Macro Summit here with Julian Brigden's MI2 partners and uh, hopefully get back to some more reporting here at the junior sector on Mining Stock Daily. Stay tuned.